Bienvenidos al séptimo episodio del Hot Esquina Podcast. Yo soy Enrique. No tengo a John conmigo hoy. John is not with me today, but I got a very special guest with me. All of you in Yankees Twitter know him. I got Julian Guillarte joining me today. We're going to talk about the start of the Yankees season. We're going to talk opening weekend. We're going to get into the Yankees series against the Red Sox and preview their series against the Blue Jays as well as get into some minors. And we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Ahí va. Por el desfile. Olvídala. Esa bola cae en la, en la calle. Esa se va. Se va. Se fue. And we're back. So, before we get started, let me welcome my guest with me today. Julian, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me so much. I want to shout out to John. I hope everything's all right with him and his father as well. Um, got to meet him in Tampa. It was a great time for the minor spring training. Now, while I'm not as well versed as John is with the minor league coverage, I am getting myself up there. I have now been in Somerset. I went to media day. I will be there during the season. So I'm looking forward to giving everyone some Patriots talk. I think it's very well warranted. I think you could argue it's the best uh, part of our system potentially with Bobby being there. I know the system's so talented. The triple A is good. Like both A levels are good. Uh, double A's got some cool storylines, though. I'm looking forward to that as well as getting into what happened over the weekend and what could happen against Toronto. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's dive into the weekend. And by the way, I agree with you about the Patriots, but let's not forget the Tarpons who John covers because uh, there's a big Martian down there that everybody mm -hmm. wants to see. You know what I'm saying? Let's not forget them, you know? We might soon. <laughs> yeah. So Yankees took two out of three from Boston. Um, as you all know, they walked it off on Friday night. Six to five in extras. Donaldson welcomed himself to the Yankee faithful with a single up the middle. Rizzo, Stanton, and LeMayu homered. The Yankees never led throughout any of the game, but that's all right because they came back at the end, and that's what matters. Uh, Saturday, they won four to two. Rizzo and Stanton homered again. They accounted for all four Yankee runs. Sevy gave up a two-run homer to Verdugo, but other than that, he showed promise in his three innings of work, struck out five. Chapman got the first save of the season for him. He looked sharp. Uh, last night, a little bit of a different situation. Yanks lost. They were a little out of it compared to the first two games of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't promising, but, but you still saw the same two guys. Stanton and Rizzo come up. They again accounted for all the runs the Yankees had, mm -hmm. all three of them. Um, Jordan Montgomery, just like Sevy, went three innings. Uh, he went a little more. He went three and, and a third. Um, he suffered a scare with a comebacker to his left leg. Um, don't worry, Yankee fans. X-rays came back negative. He expects to make his next start. But You, you know as well as I do, Julian, that he wasn't the same after that comebacker. And you saw what happened afterwards with the hit by, by J.D. and then the, 
the um, sacrifice fly that gave Boston the lead and then they never looked back. So, I mean, what are your take? What's your take from this weekend? Um, oh, by the way, before you get to that uh, Sunday, if you want to hear a real depressing stat, the Yankees left 29 runners on base, including one inning where they had the bases loaded and they couldn't cash in that, that, that was sad. Like, But go ahead. What's your take on? Uh, oh, wait, you're talking about 29 in the one game? Because I saw 11 left on yesterday. You're talking about 29 for the series. I'm assuming the series is right. I was pretty sure it was yesterday, but you could be you could be right. Because I don't know how they get that many guys on base yesterday. That's the thing. But um, you might anyway, be right. You might be right. Anyway, they it was the, the point beside itself. You are right because they were three for 11 with risk. You left 11 guys on. Uh, it was really tough to watch. Aaron Hicks is getting a lot of heat today. I think people need to cool down a touch with him. I know it's only two games. Everyone already wants this guy gone. They're talking about Brett Gardner back. Like, let's not go backwards. I mean, come on now. Hicks needs to get it going. I mean, he does have, he has two hits. It's not like he's done nothing. I mean, I know he left six runners on yesterday. It's terrible. But from being in the stadium, the first two days, the vibes are great. Everyone's ready to go. Rizzo gave us life twice. Like, they hit both times. He had nothing. He gets the first runs. He ties it up. Both times, and one time he gave him one less run. And Stan and Rizzo, like you said, not much else from anyone else. Donaldson here and there. Uh, Judge was very close to a home run. He just missed one on Saturday. Uh, he's had a few hits here and there. Yesterday was not that great. He did have a couple. I think he had two hits yesterday, but he didn't come a big one. We need him to. He had that big yeah. battle with um, Dykeman, but he came up short. So. I'm really happy overall what I've seen from the bullpen. That's my main takeaway mm-hmm. about this bullpen, bro. We've given up two runs, and um, oh, one yeah. of them was kind of a cheap run, and then the other one was a fair shot from Dahlback, obviously. Um, that's the best thing you could take from this weekend, and Rizzo looks like he's going to be solid this year. Another great take. Stanton being Stanton against the Red Sox, always great to see that. And um, the thing, most concerning thing, I guess, would be IKF, we, we'll get to. He did have a double yesterday. We'll see um, what happens with him. I'm not too worried long term. I think what people are starting to worry about is the rotation of how they're going to end up sitting, guys, because I already see people complaining at DJ sitting in the third game of the season. Uh, you see Glaber Torres sitting opening day. I think today you're going to see Donaldson or IKF sit down, I would guess. I know everyone's going to say Hicks, but Manoa's pitching, so they're going to want another lefty in there. Yeah, well, I mean, you knew that was coming the moment they made this trade with Minnesota. I mm-hmm. I said it in one of our Yankee spaces. I was like, what's going to happen now with Glaber? He's the odd man out. And you yeah. kind of had a feeling that if he wasn't traded, that there was going to be a rotation going in. Yeah. I agree with you about the bullpen, man. Like everybody from Chapman to Clay Holmes to that new kid we brought up. Marantio um, was lights out. That yeah. was a story that was. Yeah, yeah, that was that was outstanding. Like you, you could hear him. I heard the pregame yesterday, and you could hear his voice when he was talking to Susan Wallman, and he was giddy, man. Like you could tell that moment meant a lot to him. He even said that he overheard his father's voice from the stands, like cheering him on. Like that's that's the type of story you want to hear. Kind of similar to what we had with uh, Squid Velasquez being the yeah. homegrown boy, you know, from the Bronx coming in to play for the Yankees. Like you, you love to hear that. Um, and yeah, man, they, they've had to be because, I mean, I don't remember how many innings Cole went, but you four. see seven, he went three also? No, Cole was four. Oh, four innings. So there yeah, you Garrett go. So you're four. talking four innings from Cole, three innings from Severino, 3.1 innings from Montgomery. 
the bullpen's had Ten. to be lights out. They've had to shoulder the load early on, you know? Um, and they have. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, man, listen, I'm, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. They've kept us in the game. Even yesterday, when, when the Yankees lost, they had a chance to come back and, and win it at the end mm-hmm. um, versus Diekman. Unfortunately, Judge, Stanton, and Gallo all struck out against them, including that battle, like you said, that Judge had against them. I thought Judge was going to go yard or something great. Like, it was setting up. like yes. He just couldn't square it up. Like He kept fouling and fouling. I was like waiting to see him get that mistake pitch, but it never happened. He couldn't yeah, capitalize, man. but... Judge actually played pretty decently yesterday. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think he had two hits before that. One of them just fell in. Um, but so I got to tell you, man, how about Alex Verdugo? That guy killed us the whole series, man. He's making a yeah. statement, and he's going to become one of the most hated Red Sox, I feel like, pretty quickly. <laughs> he's really good, man. I mean, I feel like he gets underappreciated, but I don't think that's going to be the case after what we saw this weekend. He was making plays in the field. He was hitting home runs. He was making all the difference-making plays. He gave them a shot both nights, even when they lost. I mean, he's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He really is. And the problem is he's young, man. So he's going to be a problem for a long time. Um, I mean, and and going back to the whole at-bat versus Deepman, man, not, not to get off the Verdugo uh, topic. We can get right back on that. But there were plenty of pitches in that at-bat, man, that I thought, judge was going to take him deep like there were some that you could see his facial reaction like almost like man i just missed it like you could see you could see him that his timing was off even my even my son who was watching with me he's like what happened dad like why is he putting that face i'm like because he knows he just missed one so maybe it's it's the beginning of the season he still had a good game like i like you said and i completely agree with you but you know, maybe being that it's the first three games of the year, maybe his timing's still not a hundred percent there. But I, you know, with Judge, it'll come. Yeah, and then he just missed a homer by like inches or like a foot the other night. Like it was that close. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, he'll get it. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it going today. Um, I'm not too worried about him. He's the least of my concerns. I know we're gonna end up talking about his contract situation. So whenever we want to have that discussion, but for Dugo, I'm good. I mean, I said what I had to say. I mean. His OPS was like close to 1,300, so that kind of speaks for itself what he did. I mean, he, he was hitting 455, had a homer, was playing great defense. He was all over the place. And, again, yeah. he heard us yesterday, too. I mean, what more can you say? Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no. It's 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 Boston. I mean, it's Boston. You know, you know with Boston, they always, they always uh, manufacture these – guys that out of nowhere you know we end up hating you know yeah it's it it's always there's always that one guy before before him it was Mookie I don't know about you but I couldn't stand Mookie I know before that it was yeah go go ahead no I agree Mookie Betts was that guy then they replaced him with Verdugo you think they got robbed in that trade I mean they dumped Price's contract overall I mean Betts is better than Alex obviously Mm -hmm. but like it's still a good trade in the end because they did get Verdugo. We'll see what Jeter Downs turns into. That's a good prospect. So yeah. um, it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, Verdugo's like tailor-made for Yankee Stadium, too, because he can control that left field so well because he has so much range out there. And he's a lefty, obviously. That's what sucks when he comes over. But um, we'll see, bro. And also, uh, one thing I need to say, and I think you would enjoy this, too, 
Lucas Lickie's sequence to Rafael Devers was the most disgusting thing I've seen this season. Like, he Devers was hapless up there. He was flailing at those pitches, and then he dropped that one breaking ball, and I was like, oof. Bro, that was disgusting. That was disgusting. <laughs> everybody, did you notice everybody was retweeting it and, and quote tweeting yeah. it on Twitter afterwards? Like, man. He made him look silly. I love Wiki too, because as you know, I had to get to interview him. He's a very good guy. He he came from the bottom and he's worked his way up. So I always respect what he does out there. And he he's still underrated in this Yankees bullpen too. Like I feel like he gets underappreciated still. I know we've talked about this too. Uh, last year he had like 74 whips and 69 innings. His ERA was under three. This year he's been lights out again with two scoreless innings and he's had a few strikeouts. So it's great to see him pick right up where he left off. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm super, super happy for him. And, you know, looking forward to seeing him contribute in that bullpen with with Holmes, who's impressed ever since he's came come over from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, Chapman and, um, you know, you got uh, Johnny Lasagna in yeah. the back end of the bullpen also. Like, it's it's looking nice. That bullpen is looking yeah. nice, and even then with got, the loss of Britain. Yeah, you got Peralta, who's still doing a good mm-hmm. job. He's done well. Miguel Castro has been a nice pickup too. I like what I've seen out of him. I want to bring him up. I think he's a nice addition. I feel comfortable with everyone in this bullpen right now. We have 16 pitchers. So that really means a lot to me. It's not like you have the guys like, oh, Luis Sess is coming in. Oh, like Brooks Christie's coming in. Like, no, there's no like, oh, this person's coming in really anymore. Like, I feel good with almost everyone. I guess one person we'll see today is JP Sears, I guess is what you might yeah. have been saying. No, but remember one thing though. I think the the sixteen pitchers is only for the first month of the season. Yeah, After we're that, we're gonna have to cut down. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who gets sent down and right who gets that unfortunate news from Booney. And yeah. ultimately, it's gonna be somebody that doesn't deserve it because everybody right. in that in that bullpen deserves a spot. Well, if I had to think, I'll make an early prediction. I don't want to think too far ahead here. I would say JP Sears most likely, unless he really surprises us, it would be the first person that probably goes. Clark Schmidt potentially, as much as I do like Clark, and I don't think he was bad yesterday. He gave up one run, basically. The other one was Montgomery's. I mean, no one's going to be perfect. You can't expect everyone to just be shut down. Mm-hmm. I think um, he's going to end up going down because they're going to want him then it's going to be a battle between Marazio and someone else who doesn't deserve to go down. So it's going to be interesting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, let's see. Let's see. It's going to be, it's going to be definitely be interesting. Um, let me, let me touch quickly, um, Julian, on going back to Rizzo and Stanton, man, because I'm very happy with what those two have done ever mm-hmm. since the season has started i mean we'll get into you know stanton owning the red sox in a little bit but yeah aside from from just owning the red sox man overall his start to the season five for five for 13 two two homers four rbis three singles rizzo uh three for 14 one single two homers six rbis like They've carried the team early on, man. You got to be impressed with what you see from both of those guys, especially, right? I mean, I know yeah. we talked about Judge. Obviously, LeMayhew um, has had a good start, too. But those two guys in particular have really carried this offense, man. What do you think? Yeah, bro, of course. I mean, those two have been the 
two guys that kept it going. I mean, Rizzo, boot two days. He hits homers when the Yankees had no runs. He, he brought life into the stadium, especially on the opening day, because I'll tell you this from being there. This is some good perspective I'll give you. So, obviously, you get very deflated with the Aaron Judge news of that he didn't get the extension for opening day. So, the vibe's already a little bit down. Like, obviously, it's opening day. You're hyping playing the Red Sox, but Judge isn't getting locked up. So, you're like, damn, like, that kind of sucks. We were hoping he would. Then Garrett Cole gives up three runs, and you're just like, you got to be kidding me again with the Red Sox. Like, after what happened last year, like, are we really going through this again? And then Rizzo puts a charge into the ball. It's three to two. Everyone gets going again. And then everyone, that was like, game on. That was, everyone was like, all right, it we're in like here now. felt like Didi, right? Like what Didi yeah, did against that the was, Twins. I was going to compare it to that almost. It was like, everyone was like, uh-huh. And then it was like, yeah. And then like, we were good to go. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. It, it, it was it, it was, was huge awesome all three watch. games he also made great plays defensively too you can't forget about his defense he scooped up ikf a few times i know ikf's throws were a little erratic this weekend i will say and rizzo had to save a bunch of them and he did for the most part so his defense was great obviously his hitting was fantastic and i know he was the third option but he's going to be just fine it's going to be a good year for him because we are now getting the rizzo before covid it looks like and if we get that for the full season and we're going to be good to go yeah, man. Yeah. Listen, I, I said it all off season. And even during the lockout, when we were talking, you know, oh, who are the Yankees going to go after? Are they going to go after Freeman? Are they going to go after Olsen? I told everybody, you know, anybody on Twitter that, you know, would talk about the subject, even, even my buddies and, you know, obviously talking on the Twitter spaces like me and you do, I, mm-hmm. I would tell people, listen, Rizzo's not a bad third option. Rizzo could mm-hmm. start on a lot of baseball teams, and on a lot of baseball teams, he'd be a hell of a starting option. Be- teams would love to have Anthony Rizzo on there. So, I mean, it's not like we got some consolation prize, like let's just say, you know, and I know he's a original Yankee, a Yankee farmhand. I don't want to diss him because – he has fans on Yankee Twitter, but it's not like we got a consolation prize of like Greg Bird or something. Like, let's be right. real. It's yeah. Anthony Rizzo, bro. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. You I know, think a it full was just season of fact... this kid. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, no, you're I good. think it's just the fact that um, Rizzo was like, he was, he was a constellation prize because we didn't get the big shortstop too. I think it was kind of like the whole mindset, like, we're going to yeah. get IKF, we're going to get Rizzo. I had said, I was okay with Rizzo the whole time. I've obviously Olsen and Freeman were the gold tickets. I mean, you can't say they aren't better. They are, but like the thing was, if you got a big time shortstop and you got Rizzo, like it would have been viewed way better. I feel like, I think that was another part of it. I, I agree. I agree. But, but you can't combine both of them, you know, and, and look at both like in one vacuum, you gotta, right. you know what I'm saying? Look at each one as an individual move. That's fair. And at the end of the day, you got to look at that Rizzo signing and think to yourself, are the Yankees better at first base than they were last year? And the answer is exponentially. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. 1000%. Yes. Both defensively and offensively. I mean, you don't, even if you don't look at his history with Chicago and what he did for the Cubs, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, just look at the sample size this kid gave you when he came over last year at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I, I remember being in that Miami series when the Yankees came down here, man. And 
if I'm not mistaken, he hit a home run that very first series. And, yeah, and he did. He had he like two or three. I think it was yeah. like two. I and, and I and I saw it live and I'm like, it was yep. Late. Yep. I was like, the, the Yankees got themselves a first baseman, baby. I was I was ecstatic. So I know because we need that lefty first baseman that plays good defense. Like Luke Voigt, like I liked him for a time, but his time came. Like mm-hmm. we need to move on from Luke Voigt. His defense wasn't good. He was more of a strikeout or bust. We needed some different elements in the Yankees lineup. Brizzo provides that. Obviously, he's more well-rounded. Like you said, you bring up the veteran presence we do with the Cubs. He won a World Series. That matters. The Yankees need more people like that in their locker room. There's not real now. There's yeah. I don't know if there's Chapman, I guess, is the only other guy in there, I think, unless I'm missing someone off the top of my head. Because Gardner's gone now. Um, I think it's just those two. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So yeah. that matters. Yeah, it really does, man. And and not just winning the World Series, but playing at the level he's played. I mean, he's been an all-star mm-hmm. countless times. Um I think like three gold or four, glover maybe. platinum glover if i'm not mistaken at first base mm-hmm. um i mean instant upgrade instant upgrade over over void and i got no no disrespect for void i loved void when Same. he was here he was he injected energy into this team that i'll always be grateful for but let's be real man we got an upgrade and i'm looking forward i said it in in our preview episode i'm looking forward to a full season of Anthony Rizzo and pinstripes. Me too. I I agree. I mean, we had Jay Bruce out there last year for Christ's sakes. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> my God, you got to remind me of that. I know. That's why I'm like more optimistic this season because I think about the garbage they tried out last year compared to what we have this year. You had like Brooks Krisky in the bullpen. <laughs> like, oh my, like, like, wow, it was terrible. Like, you had Mike Ford still sticking, like Tyler Wade. I mean, Clint Frazier couldn't get himself together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had Gary Sanchez, who had no business catching behind the plate because he doesn't know how to field his position. I mean, they've, they've upgraded tremendously just from those standpoints alone. you got a full season of tie-on without Tommy Johns. Now he's fully back in it. you got Severino now on a much better scale, too. Montgomery should take another step up, although yesterday was not that, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you think Garrett Cole should hopefully continue to do what he does and even get better now that he knows how to pitch out the tackle a little bit more and that he doesn't have that injury he had at the end of the year because I think we both agree he was banged up at the end. He was pitching hurt. I think there's no question about that. And then you get more from Nasty Nestor, too, and we want to see if he can continue his progression. Fellow Latino Cuban, you know, making everyone proud out there. Um, He just continues to get it done. I can't wait for his day tomorrow. So he's he's from here. He's from Miami. He's a... He's a Hialeah boy. That's 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 where I was raised. You know what I'm saying? When I was when I was younger, man. So, you know, us down here in Miami, us Yankee fans down here in Miami, definitely got love for Nasty Nestor, man. So we're 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 rooting for him, you know. And and I think, I think he'll take a big step this year too. I agree with you. Yeah, he's he's shown to be consistent. It's I don't think it's a fluke. I think he's really learned to the pitch of what he has. He's got good deception and movement on his pitches. I think the velocity's gone up a little bit too. I may have saw like 92, 93-ish in the spring. So like that would be a nice step for him. Um, we'll see what he has. Now, you want to talk about Stan, how he dominates the Red Sox or what? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I was gonna move on to that. Um well, I mean he like like I said before, he went five for thirteen against them with with two homers and four ribbies. Um, but I mean, aside from that, man, before Sunday's game, he had homered for six straight games against them, Julian. Yeah. I mean, and that's including last year's wild card game. I mean, yeah. the 
the guy pretty much owns Boston at this point, at least. <laughs> I mean, I know where recency bias comes in here a little bit, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you could also look at it on the flip side of the coin and be like, yeah, we may be having recency bias with this take, but, you know, Not really, though. nobody it's likes it. I was going to say, yeah, nobody likes, you know, the the sports fan that rests on their laurels and talks about the past. Sports is all about what have you done for me lately? Well, what has Giancarlo Stanton <laughs> done lately? He's murdered Boston. What's, what's your take on that, brother? I got so many things to say about this. I mean, I was at the series where he hit the grand slam in Fenway and that was just electric. Um, he owns their lefty pitching too. Whoever lefty comes in to get him, they have basically no chance against him. He might as well just put that into the seats. I mean, that's why I thought he was going to get Dyker yesterday. I was like, yes, another lefty for Stan. I was like, let's get it one more. I mean, he had three hits yesterday still. So, I mean, and even the balls he got out on were like 100 plus miles an hour. Like the ground tests he were hitting were like rockets, man. I mean, he doesn't miss against the Red Sox, that's for sure. I think it's more than recency bias at this point because the sample size is becoming larger. And another fun fact, he has the most batted balls over 110 already this year with six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Joey Gallo actually has three. So it's he's. I think he's doing better than people realize also. I'll get to him later. But um, yeah. I'm, I have some good numbers for standing against Boston. I'm trying to pull him up. And Well, while you do, man, I, I just got to tell you – Speaking of StatCast, I got to feel like Stanton's one of those guys that's benefited the most ever since StatCast became a thing in Major League Baseball because, yeah, bro, you know he hits the ball hard when even Red Sox homer Jared Carabas on Twitter is posting a tweet talking about how when Stanton hits the ball, when he makes contact, he demolishes it. Even when it's an out, he demolishes yeah, it. Yeah, 115 grounds out, 113 grounds out the mm-hmm. other day. Um, mm-hmm. Just absolutely mm-hmm. insanity what you see out of him. It really is. Yeah, man. He, he, bro, he, he, nothing, nothing that comes off his bat is weak. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Everything gets hit hard off his bat. Okay, so I have the last 13 regular season games, so a little larger sample size here, and ownage continues. We're talking 413 average. Um, OPS is right around 1,400. Uh, we got seven homers and 17 RBIs in that time span as well. Wow, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To quote Pedro, to quote Pedro, the Yankees are my daddy. That's that's what that's what uh the Red Sox should be saying. They should be saying Stanton is my daddy. That, that. I know. I can't wait for the next matchup already. I mean, I wanted that sweep. I know it's a little dissatisfying because they got to finish series better. That's the thing I was saying yesterday. Like you, when you have, when you play first two, get the sweep. Don't let them salvage it. Like you want to just continue to roll through, especially after what they did to us last year in that wild card game. But you know what? It's a good series. We end up wiping a little bit of it off. We get two wins. Their pitching does not look too good to me. I mean, their bullpen's still questionable to me. Yesterday, their bullpen pitched well. Give them credit. They did. Um, Cutter Crawford rebounded after opening day. But um, honestly, that bullpen's not that great. Their starting pitching staff is not that great. The Yankees pitching is in much better shape than theirs is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like the the top end of their pitching staff with um with Nate Evaldi and and obviously uh Chris Sale when he comes back, that's the only thing you would fear about Boston, but 
that back end of the rotation is not that intimidating. And you're right about their bullpen. Like even, even their quote unquote closer Deekman, we should have, we should have made at least a run off him last night to tie the game and take it to extras. There's no way yeah. that guy should shut you out. No disrespect to him, but he is not a closer by trade. He's a late no, innings guy. Right. I mean, he's not a ba- yeah, yeah I, I was going to say he's career wise. He's always been a, a late innings guy. He's never been a closer. He never closed for Texas. He wasn't a closer last year for Oakland. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. You're right. No, you're yeah. right. He well, He's so, not a closer material really. Yeah. So you got a guy that's not a closer by trade and he dominated you last night with three strikeouts yeah, like and he that. made all three batters. He faced look silly, including Stanton, who, like we said, owns the Red Sox but he couldn't catch up to Deakman's stuff. I don't understand what yeah. happened. You know, I guess Stan was doing the making out, unfortunately. He can't hit everything, sadly. So <laughs> I need, I, I had all the confidence in the world, especially against the lefty. Yeah, Deakman's an all right pitcher. We're not saying he's a bad pitcher. He's not a top-end closer. He's barely even a closer at all. So it's not to say the Yankees can't get to this, dude. I think he pitched an opening day. I'm trying to remember what happens. I don't know if we got to him that day, but – um. He's he's all right. Like he's not bad, but he's not like a world beater. No, he's not. And and like I said, the, the he, point is he's not a closer by trade. He he's not. It's, he gave up a run on opening day mm-hmm. and one and got one out. That was it. So yeah, I mean they could have got him again. Why not? I I have no clue what happened last night, man. But you know, like like you said, it, it would have been nice to get the sweep, but we still got the series win. Um who knows maybe the next time we match up against him we'll demolish him and you know hopefully it won't be in a safe situation again being seeing how they performed against him in a safe situation last night but like i said i'm i'm not convinced the guy is is a closer i feel like he's a late inning reliever kind of like what a clay holmes or a johnny lasagna is you know, you wouldn't be surprised if we put those guys in instead of Chapman and they blew a save. Why? Because they're not cl- a closer by trade. They could come in and save a game. Yeah, well, why but, is the guy I think is close? Yeah, but but you get what I'm saying, Julian? Like, they're not closers by trade. Like, they could come in and close, but they're not. That's not their forte. That's what I meant by Deakman. You know what I'm saying? There's no way that guy should have shut you down. M- my point to, to elaborate a little further, you should have at least made it interesting. You should have at least put guys on the bases and made them work and made them sweat a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, I would have been content with at least that. Yeah. That, you want to make them sweat. I agree. Especially after the first two games, you got them good. But um, yesterday was just bad situational hitting. I mean, Hicks with a double play, the pop-up and all that. Um, Gleyber Torres had a double, but not much else. Donaldson had a good start, but yesterday was not his best sale, though. He got one ball really good, but unfortunately it got caught. Um, I feel like I'm down to talk about Donaldson and IKF if you are. I think it would be like a good segue to them. So yes, Donaldson sir. gets to walk off an opening day. He's been playing pretty good overall, I think, despite yesterday. Um, what are your impressions of Josh Oe on? I like what he's bringing so far, man. Kind of going back to what we talked about with Voight and the energy. I see that out of Josh also. The energy he brings to that dugout. Like you saw his face light up when he got that walk-off hit on Friday. And you just see 
overall what he brings to that dugout and the way he is around the other guys. Like you kind of could tell, like if you read between the lines, you kind of could tell that he's already fitting in and whatever beef he had with Cole, if it's still there, it's not apparent to us, you know, as fans or, or the media or whoever's watching on television or there in the stadium. Um, he seems to be fitting in quite nicely in that Yankee dugout um, and clubhouse. Obviously. I agree. And other I agree hundred percent, bro. Yeah. And, and aside from, you know, fitting in and bringing that energy and bringing that leadership and that grit, that nastiness that, you know, uh, Boone and a lot of these people talked about before the season started that the Yankees lacked, like they lacked that nasty, you know, attitude type of guy that brings that attitude and that edge edge. That's the word that they use. Yes. Aside from that, he's performing like he's performing on the field. Like he's hitting 267 so far, which isn't bad. You know, it's, I mean, in, in contrast, Kiner Falefa who's come in so far is, (laughs) is hitting 091. So, I mean, come on, like 267 isn't bad. He had the walk-off hit on Friday. Like I said, um, Four for, four for 15 so far. Yeah, he hasn't made it rain yet. You know, no homers yet, but... <laughs> well, he did make it rain at opening day with that walk-off, at least. Not the homer yet, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so he's been good so far. I, I like what I've seen from Donaldson so far. Not so much from Kiner Falefa, but I like what I've seen from Donaldson so His far. His defense has been pretty question. sound, too, actually. Mm-hmm. Donaldson's defense has been pretty good, too. Um, uh, He's not making any mistakes over there. He's, he's ready for the moment, like... I've been telling people, I think I tweeted this one out there too. I was like, I wasn't worried about his transition because he's a veteran. He's playing the AL East. Like it wasn't going to phase him. It's not like too big of a market for him. Uh, I like to, and I guess I have an interesting question. This is definitely worth asking. How do you feel about him hitting leadoff? Do you like that? Or do you think it's weird? Like, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I mean, I was against it at first, but the more that I've seen it, man, the more that, I've come around to the idea because, and, and I spoke about this actually with, with my buddy Alex on our last episode, you have a guy like that batting lead off and it gives you a legitimate power threat in that number one spot that you haven't had in a long time. Kind of similar to what the Dodgers had with Mookie batting lead off, you know, or, what uh his name escapes me but there's another guy that also was a legit leadoff threat um forgot who he played for uh anyway the point is you got a guy like that who you make a mistake to in the first inning and you could already be down one nothing that's that's a nice little uh problem to have if you're if you're the the New York Yankees, you know, as far as constructing your lineup, like that's a good problem to have and a scary proposition for opposing teams. Not only that, but you see that he's a guy that gets on base. You see that he's a guy that works the count, which, you know, in today's MLB is what you want from your leadoff hitter. We're not in the nineties anymore. We're leadoff hitters. We're guys that were short skinny bunted the ball over you know hit the 
the squeeze play, right. whatever. We're not living in that day and age anymore. No, we're not. Yeah. The first and second guys in the lineup, their their main focus boom, is to boom. get on base and produce. That's yeah, it. You want you want two runs right out of the gate. That's your focus. It's mm-hmm. not like you're going to have a guy at first and the other guy slaps them over. Like, they don't do that anymore. And I'm actually – I like Dawson leading off too because I like the aspect of getting that leadoff homer potentially. His on base is decent, so I like it from that standpoint too because it's not even about a high average guy anymore. It's about on base percentage now. Like, I mean, well, May, you could still lead off sometimes. That's not bad. Like, that can happen. I mean, I do like Josh doing it, though. I mean, right now, his on base is just 267. He hasn't walked yet, but it's early in the year. For his career, it's 367. That plays. That works out for me. I, I'm fine with that leading off. And like you said, I know people think it's sketchy still because they want, they still, some people are stuck in that old mindset you had. They're like, why would he be a good leadoff hitter? And he's not that fast. So I'm like, well, the speed doesn't really matter anymore. And he gets on. So I'm fine with him leading off. And I love to see that leadoff homer for him. I know we'll get one soon. So. And I think he's going to have a great series against Toronto. He's going to want to stick it to the Blue Jays, I feel like, because yeah, he hasn't been with them in a while. Like, I know they let him go a while ago. He was a great Blue Jay. That's where his mainstay was. I'm sure he's going to be very motivated to get back there with him. And another reason why I love the move is because he hits well against Boston. He ha- he always has in Fenway Park. He's definitely going to be used to hitting at the Rogers Center. He, he knows the division. So it's going to be, like I said, transition's easy. You've already seen it been made. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, we're, we're not in the nineties anymore where you have Kenny Lofton leading off or, or uh, Ricky Henderson in the eighties, you know what I'm saying? Like those guys don't exist anymore, you know? So when you have a guy at the top, like a Donaldson, like a Mookie guys like that, um, it can only help your offense, especially hello, especially when he's batting in front of Aaron Judge. And then afterwards, you got a Rizzo or a Stanton like that's <laughs> you want to talk about protection. What more protection could you have? Like you you're forced to give the guy something good, because if not, look who, who's after him. And if you put him on base, like you said, the potential to go down to nothing is right there with Aaron Judge batting with a runner on base. And I get it uh, to, to, you know, piggyback off your point. I get it that DJ could do that too. No disrespect to DJ. And I actually spoke about this in the last podcast. Um, DJ is a great leadoff hitter and he was my leadoff hitter by choice. Ever since we got him, he's the prototypical leadoff hitter, but he doesn't have that power that Donaldson has. And that's what differentiates the two. They're both great on-base percentage guys, but Josh puts the fear of God. Right. I want the fear. I want the fear. We Mm -hmm. need the fear back. That's why I like him batting first. You know, the Yankees have become not as fearful as they used to be. I think he brings some of it back with that edge. That's why he was talking about that. I hate Red Sox. I want to punch them in the mouth like that, like their guts and all that. Like that's what we need. We need some edge. Someone that's going to choose someone out for not running out of the ground ball and getting people's faces, like shake it up in there. It's been too much complacency over the last two years. Agreed, man. Agreed. So, so let me ask you, um, you know, we, we briefly touched on it earlier. Uh, what's, what's your going from the good? Now let's talk about the bad. What's your impressions of Kiner Falefa's uh, struggles so far? 
Okay, well, I tweeted out some information about him. I think that's relevant to the discussion we're having. So I think it's also well known he's a better defender at third base and shortstop, but he's still a good defensive shortstop. I think people took it out of context. Like the numbers I pulled up was like he has like 987 innings at third base. He saved like 16 runs. His zone rating is like five and a half. Compared to shortstop, it's like um, he's played like 1,500 innings around the save runs is like 14 or 12. And then like the zone ratings, like 2.2, I think it's actually 14 runs, but you see the difference in the amount of innings and like how he rates at each position. He's still a good defender at short, but he's not as good as third base. Now, the thing that's very interesting about this, you got to give him some time. And as we were talking about fans, like Marancio, uh, IKF was a Yankees fan growing up too. So you know how much he wants to be doing well. He's definitely pressing out there. He's definitely has some nerves he's got to get through. Going from Texas to New York is a huge adjustment. We saw with Gallo, who also needs to get going a little bit too. But I think he'll be all right. Like I said, he's making some hard outs. I think IKF, the pro- thing is that the Peraza watch is going to get intensified the more he struggles because when that service time is up, I'm not sure exactly when. I was trying to figure that one out. I wasn't able to, but I think it's like, early May or late April, um, people are going to want Peraza. And Peraza's off to a good start so far. He's banged a homer. He had four hits yesterday. I think he's five for 18 in the year, Peraza. So that's something worth watching to see how he can develop. I think he could very well end up being called up maybe in May, depending how things go with IKF. I think IKF, he's not a great hitter, though. That's the thing. Like he was not probably going to be a stud hitter. He needs to just get on base move the line, get some singles here and there, pick up his defense a little bit. Like, I'm not expecting big power from him. Like, hit, like, 260 to 280, somewhere in there, and just, like, play some better defense. I want to give him a few more, a week or two before I, like, fully jump down and throw. I don't think it's fair yet. Um, I agree. I agree. I feel like it's too early. By the way, um, going back to the – original point that we were talking about having a power hitter at the top of the lineup that scares you though the hitter that I was thinking of that I couldn't put my name that I couldn't remember his name I couldn't put my tongue on it um incredible that I forgot him because he was on the team we hate uh do you remember how lethal George Springer was when he was with Houston I mean, he um, yes, was a legit a power one. threat at the top of the lineup. That's the one. That is the yeah. one I was talking yeah. that I was thinking about too. I, I knew there was someone we were that was escaping us, and he's still now he's with Toronto, so yeah. um, so, he's gonna be a threat again. Unfortunately, we so, had that weed off spot. Yeah, but, man, um, so you you got you got a guy like what that brings what he brought to Houston and what he could potentially bring to Toronto if they choose to bat him lead off. I don't know if he's healthy now. I know he was battling injuries or what, like I said, Mookie brought to the Dodgers and to the Red Sox batting lead off. Now we have that with Donaldson, but, um, but going on IKF, man, I agree with you. I feel like it's too early. What I'm more concerned about with him, like you said, it's, it's not even him hitting 091 to start the year it's not even him going one for 12 it's what you said earlier it's the defense like you yeah. know that's what those... we need him here to do like that's what he was brought here to do is hold down that position yeah. defensively yeah it's it's he has what two I errors said. I so ex- far and he's been saved from a couple other ones mm-hmm. and it's what it's what i said in our last episode 
that I was most excited about when it came to him and Donaldson coming over and, and Rizzo getting re-signed. It was the improved defense. And, you know, I'm here talking up how much we upgraded the defense at shortstop when you look at what we got from Glaber compared to now what we could potentially have with IKF. And like you said, yeah, it's it hasn't exactly been a smooth transition over yet, to the no. Bronx. Also, Marlon Gonzalez could get a look too if IKF yeah. doesn't figure it out soon. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think he might end up sitting tonight. Him or Donaldson, like I said earlier, had, we'll, we'll get to that with our preview later. But I could see one of them sitting tonight just because that'll match the rotation. Because DJ sat, Hicks is sat, Glaber sat. So one of those two is next up, you would think. Let me ask you I got a question for you. Do you think it's nerves? Go ahead. You think he's just nervous? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Get, that's what people are kid. saying. I mean, yeah, I was going to say young kid, grew up a Yankee fan, like you said, is is the pressure of wearing the pinstripes, especially him. It's such a culture a shock fan. going from Texas with no expectations to New York with all the expectations. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees didn't get a big time shortstop, so the microscope is on him right away because they're like, oh, we didn't get Correa, we didn't get Story, we didn't get Seager, we didn't get Baez, Simeon, all because we got this guy. So everyone wants to see what he's got. And they're not going to have much patience with him, unfortunately, because of other decisions that were made. And it's not right to him. And you got to give him some time. You know how our fans are ruthless, especially on the Twitter and then the ballpark, too. Like someone was like, oh, go back to Pittsburgh. You bombed Clay Holmes. We gave up one run, like on a, on a good, on a well hit ball by Verdugo. I'm like, this guy even watched what Holmes did last year. I'm like, come on. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just incredible, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no. Yankee Yankees Twitter, especially Yankees Twitter, is the is the land of overreactions and overreacting quickly because it doesn't take long. You know, we're only three games in, and already, like you said, people want to send Hicks to to the bench. You know, I think I I saw a tweet earlier today that of somebody that put, "Oh, is it too early to send Hicks to the Sun?" Like, bro, it's three games. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's my good friend too, I think. But like, oh my god, I can't. Like, he, one of my friends was like, "I'm gonna wait another week for my son list." He's lucky. I was like, "Oh man, that's good." But like, it's just incredible. But I want to see what IKF does, how he responds in the next week. If we have this discussion next week, and we're saying similar things, like it's a little more concerning. But we have plenty of options to replace him if it need be. So we're gonna see what happens with that. Speaking of concerns, man, uh, that's actually a perfect segue um, for for our next topic. What what are your concerns? Um, I'm going to ask you first and then I'll dive in uh, over Cole, Sevy and Monty not being able to go five innings in their first starts. You know, like like you talked about Cole went four, Sevy and Monty went three. Um what what are your thoughts on that? And then I have a separate question for you about Garrett Cole. But but let's let's get to uh, the pitching staff as a whole first before we transition into Garrett Cole. What do what are your thoughts on okay. on the pitchers so far? I'll say something short, quick. I think the bottom of the line, the seven through nine area, is also a concern. We kind of touched on that, so I won't go too much into that. I think that's something you're going to have to watch to see how that plays out. Now, the pitching with the rotation length, you know, 
I can't say I'm fully concerned because of the spring and what's happened in these pitch counts. Like they can't be going that far. That's why you have 16 pitchers. I mean, it's not great. It's not what you want by any means. Only have 10 innings from your starters. Uh, I am going to be concerned long-term if we don't see this fixed by like May 1st, you got to give it like three weeks. I think that's when things are going to start to change because everyone should be fully built up by May 1st. No more excuses. You'll have 13 pitchers right now. It's going to be a babying process. Unfortunately, you're seeing pitchers pull with 16, 70 pitches only they're not getting much leeway they don't want to stretch anyone's arm too much but the problem with this is that the bullpen gets burnt we saw what happened last year with chad green he got burnt overall this chapman may be a little too much too mixed in with some other issues with the fingernail the sticky stuff whatever so i think my concern is if this continues in may and june and you're not getting guys through the fifth inning and you're only seeing the lineup two times and you have to get five innings six innings out of your bullpen every night it's going to catch up to you I agree, man. Um, I mean, the length doesn't concern me so much if if it was length, but they're giving you quality stuff and, you know, Boone is just taking them out early, you know, for precautionary purposes because of what you said, because of the shortened spring due to the lockout. Right. What concerns me is that they were taken out number one for precaution and number two, because they didn't have it. Neither of the three of them did, you know, you, you had Monty and, and Savvy both giving up three runs, if I'm not mistaken, in, in their starts. Cole, I don't remember how many he gave up. No, Savvy gave up two, bro. Oh yeah, that's right. Because the, because one of them was, uh, was from um, the bullpen. That's right. But well, no, we but won yeah. four or two that day, but it's all good. I understand. I got you. Hold on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. Four to two. No, you're, you're straight. You're right. I mean, you're we're good. My bad. My bad. Um, I just got the three in my head because he went three innings. So I got the number right. three. Right. My bad. Yeah, like I, I, all the numbers <laughs> kind of line up. And it was three games and like a lot of threes mm-hmm. involved. But mm-hmm. I actually. Here's the thing. I'll say Montgomery was a little concerning, but he did get hit with the line drive. So you have do you excuse some of that? I mean, he, he didn't have it too much before the line drive. So, like, I understand that concern. Garrett Cole's the most concerning thing, I would say. Luis Severino, we knew, was not going to be such an easy road to come back. And he was pumping the ball into the 100, and stuff looked pretty good. And he did strike out five batters. So I think he was the most encouraging, honestly, if you're going to look at the three performances, I would yeah. say. I agree. I, would, I feel good about where he's at, actually. With Garrett Cole, I mean, I don't really like him complaining about the start of time. I mean, it's a four-minute difference. Like, figure it out, like, after what happened yeah. last year. Like, come on. I mean, I love Garrett Cole to death. I'm definitely one of his biggest defenders, but that's not a good look. And opening day was not a good look. I mean, you know what these guys do. We went through it last year. He didn't have any command. I don't know if it's not because he's fully built up. Is he holding something back still? Is he trying to fully get ramped? I mean, I don't know why his program was so slow like, compared to some other people. Like, it took him a while to even pitch for real in spring training. I don't know what happened, obviously. Do I have long-term concerns? Not really. Do I have some concerns that the Red Sox have his number? Yeah, I guess I have to, unfortunately. I think it will be foolish not to because yeah. they've been they've been lighting it up a lot lately. But By I think way- it's even more of a concern at Fenway Park. Yeah. Um. By the way, uh, with Cole... Um, now I know why I had the confusion about the three runs with Sevy because it was Cole that gave up the three runs in his first start. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was early. Right 
And it was early. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was, was saying how we were so down and Rizzo brought us back. And like mm-hmm. after the judge knew it was in the mm-hmm. calls, like, God damn, like three nothing already. Like again, like and it, they and, won. And it was the whole circumstance of you had everybody pumped. You had everybody in that yeah, we were ready. excited for baseball because it was their first taste of baseball. We had an eight day delay. Eight day delay. Yes. Yes. No. And not only that, man, but even if you didn't have that delay, you the the point is you had people amped for major league baseball, regular season major league baseball after having to wait for so long and being worried if we would even get it thanks to this godforsaken lockout that lasted over a hundred days. So, you know, you had that long layoff, you had that long lockout, you had fans worried if this season would even happen. Finally, baseball comes back. The players and the owners agree to baseball. You finally get to relax and not worry about labor negotiations and get to come to a ballpark again. You're amped. Yes. You're ready. You're you're ready. Yeah, we to were see. pumped. I could tell you the atmosphere was way it was yes. so basically they got the flag going. I was actually out in the bleachers in the beginning. That's where I started. I, I worked my way around. So the yeah, right field man, bleachers were wet, like roll calls, like all that. Yeah, especially with Garrett on the mound. Are you kidding? So it's like yeah, we were hyped. So it's like, you know, you 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 have all that energy coming in, and then you just get deflated right away because it, it didn't take long. It was like from no. the get, you could tell he didn't have it. And he walked Kike on four pitches and Kike owns Garrett Cole. He destroys Garrett Cole. And then Devers has it was before that, before the first step bat, he had three or four hits for homers against Garrett Cole, but he was hitting like four for 19. So that became four or five. And I, I don't know what happened to the second time against the third time against Garrett. I don't remember. But so whenever Devers connects on Cole, it's always a home run. So that's really irritating. And yeah. Uh, and then he gives up another run too. Like the first inning was terrible and he sometimes doesn't start well. And he settles in like that is something with Garrett Cole too, even when it's not Boston, that it definitely happens sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately what wound up happening. He later started to find his stuff, but unfortunately Boone had to take him out because of precautionary reasons. Cause they don't want to overextend them early on, you know, first game of the year. I get it. But you, you, you saw signs that he was becoming his normal self after, after he shook yeah, some of that me feel good. Like at least we saw something good. Mm-hmm, I mean, after mm-hmm. the bad start. So like, I'm not going to like panic and jump off the bridge or anything, but like, he's got to get himself together against Boston. I will say that that's necessary. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's, it was just like I said, if this was any regular season game, like if this was a regular season game against Boston, let's just say in June, you wouldn't freak out over that first start and and that first, you know, shakeup that he had against the Boston in that first inning, like you would in this circumstance where you had the fans ready to basically run through a wall man and you wanted to see oh, yeah. a good clean first <laughs> inning you know what i'm saying if this was any regular know, season game anywhere else in the season you wouldn't have cared as much you you it still would have bothered you but you wouldn't have cared as much because right. it's like wow garrett after a full off season after you know having extra time off thanks to this lockout and that's what you give us your first start yeah. out 
Yeah. It was so bad, you get man. my like, point? Like, that's the part that bothered 100%. I felt it because I was there and everyone there felt it too. We were all just like, what the hell? Like, especially after how bad last year was against him. You want him, I want him, you want him to go in there and shove and strike him out right away. Like, just like shut him down and just like rebound completely. But his next start against Boston, all eyes. I really want to see how he starts yeah. that. Like, I want to be yeah. dialed in. Like, I always am when he pitches, but especially against them, like, I want to see if he can get through that first clean and just like get himself going against them. Yeah, man, that when you combine Friday's start with 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 that god awful start in the wild card game, which I'm still convinced that he was pitching hurt, but you yeah, know, no too, excuses. Definitely. But no yeah. excuses. He you still know? decides you, you, to go out there and pitch. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like you, we you have to like to... live by the fact that he did do that, even if we agree he was hurt. So um, I'm really looking forward to see what Tyone can do. Now, Tyone only threw 49 pitches, so he might only go like 60 or 65 or mm. so, too. So we'll see what yeah. he has. And then we'll see what they end up doing with Nestor the next day, and then that'll be our first turn through the rotation. Yeah, yeah, well, and then and then you could potentially, what, have a, have a Garrett Cole outing against the Blue Jays, which that could be uh, very telling because that could very well be, man, at least me and my co-host on the last episode agreed, that could very well be the ALCS this year, Yankees and Blue I Jays. I booked it as my ALCS too, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, I did do some predictions for the IBWAA, and I did put that in there. I think it's very reasonable that that can end up happening, yeah. especially because the White Sox were very damaged. Um, the Astros are still the Astros. Tampa's looking tough, but they did play Baltimore, so you got to take that with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. obviously. But we'll see. It's going to be a competitive year. I think a lot of teams are going to be in the mix. So I'm, you know, given that, especially that we both agree, man, then that first start against Toronto is going to be very telling also for Garrett. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. But for but but as far as the Red Sox, um, that was going to be my my follow up question to you. And, you know, we we teased it earlier, man. Do you think they have his number, Julian? <sighs> I mean, right now I have to say, yeah, fortunately, because last year he didn't, I, I looked back at everything. Cause like I do this when I analyze all the games before, like I looked to see like what happened previously. He didn't even pitch more than six innings against them last year. Once um, he only, the best start he had against them was at home. He struck out like 11 guys in six innings and he gave up like maybe one run or something. That's a good start. But overall, it was not good. I went to Fenway. He pitched a quality start. He went six innings, gave him three runs. That's not good enough for Garrett Cole. It was good enough that day because the Yankees were killing him. The wild card was a disaster, obviously. Then we had the time he gets lit up in June at Fenway Park or July, whichever month it was. I think it was right after the spider attack, actually, he got lit up at Fenway Park. So maybe June. And then you have what just took place. So I have to say right now that they do, unfortunately. I'd like to say differently, but I really can't because they always seem to get homers off him. They worked the count against him very well. They never let him pitch longer than six innings. I mean, and then they fell off a lot of pitches. Like, you can't seem to put them away a lot of times, I've noticed. So, yeah, I mean, he's got he's to gotta correct it. I don't think it's insurmountable. Like, they're always going to own him. But, like, right now, yeah. I do. mean, the stats pretty much say that what you're saying is 100% right, at least recently. I mean, his last five starts, man, against Boston, he's given up a total of 15 earned runs. He's, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. He's he's given up a total of 15 earned runs. He's two and two with a no decision, obviously, because Fridays he, had, he got the no decision because he only went four innings. And 
in that stretch, yeah, he has 34 strikeouts um, and 10 walks, but it's it's the home run ball that plagues them against Boston, like you said. Yeah, they know how to work the con and they know how to hit what he throws a country mile, as they say. And yeah, that's that's what his Achilles heel is against Boston, at least recently. And it, and it's concerning, um, especially if, God forbid this doesn't fix itself and we have to go against Boston in a playoff series again. You know, I agree a hundred percent, bro. Um, I, he's got to get it together. And now I think the ERA in that stretch is over five too, because when I was looking previously, it was like a four, nine, one. So if you add in what just took place, that doesn't help anything. So yeah, he's got to get himself corrected against them. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, let's hope, Let's hope that that he can he can get get it together and you know pitch like the ace that he is for this staff, you know the ace that we paid a boatload of money to. So, you know I hate to be that guy, Julian. I hate to be that guy that that you know throws the money into the equation. No, no, I, and, I, you have to though. It makes sense. I get it. No, but 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 you know, it's like you hear fans sometimes go overboard with it and be like oh we're paying this bum you know so much so much money and he's not producing i I don't want to be one of those guys but it's like with him you have to because it's not like he's getting paid all that money to be a middle of the rotation guy he's getting paid to be an ace he's getting paid ace money so yeah when you're getting paid ace money you're expected to pitch like an ace. You're expected. Yeah, better than he did last year too, even. Mm-hmm. Even though last year wasn't bad, like he wasn't good enough for what he's getting paid. Nope. Like he's got he's to he's gotta execute better. I mean, I still believe in him. I'm not going to waver from him at all. I need, I need to see a lot more go wrong before I jump off the ship completely. I'm still all in on him, but. He has not, he has not been that Garrett Cole that we've seen from Houston. Am I, am I overreaching not yet, when no. I say that? No, not yet. He hasn't been that guy yet with us. I mean, we saw a few stretches of it that looked close. Like when we saw him, speaking of Houston, in Houston, he showed us Houston Garrett Cole. That was the best we had seen. And that was without tact, too. So I thought that went a long way. And I really think he can get to that level. We're going to have to wait a month plus to see when he's fully built up. I still do believe he can do that. And it's going to be fun to see his builds up. It's just not the start we're looking for. He needs to be better for what he's being paid to do. He needs to win playoff games, too. That's what has to happen this year. You're getting paid to win it all, honestly. Not even just playoff games. Like, get us all the way through the top. Like, he needs to show it alone when the rest of the rotation struggling. He's got to be that guy we turn to in a losing streak. We're not losing five straight. We got Garrett tonight. Like, we have – we've seen that in certain glimpses, but not fully. Not only that, he needs to be that guy that come playoff time, come October – if we're losing a series and we need him to pitch an elimination game or pitch, you know, on three days rest or whatever, he needs to be that guy that comes in nuts yeah. up and pitches the game of his life to mm-hmm. save us from being eliminated. Well, That's I will what he's say that he do. did do it once. He did it one time against Tampa Bay in the, in the mm-hmm. weird season. He did come yeah. through on three days rest and he gave us only one run, like five and a third. Yeah. And he did pitch well against Cleveland in his one start, too. I know one Tampa start wasn't great. He's got the body of work's got to be better. He's got to do it where it counts more, too. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm not worried yet. We got to see more. 
I'm not worried either, man. I just, I'm not worried. I just don't like what I've seen so far, but you're right. The body of work, the body of work that you've seen from him, both from Houston and just overall for his entire career tells you not to worry. So I'm not going to worry. I'm going to have faith that he's going to get it together and he's going to be the ace that we paid him to be. Um, before moving on, Julian, to our next topic, which is uh, previewing the Yankees next four games set against uh, the Blue Jays. Um, I know you wanted to dive into the minors, man. So go ahead. Yeah. The floor is yours. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> All right, bro. So here's the thing. Tomorrow is a great day. It's Somerset. It's opening day for Anthony Volpe and the Patriots. The Somerset Patriots are more than him, obviously. So far, they're two and one. Volpe has gone off to a decent start. About to pull up. I do have the numbers. So, Anthony Volpe, his first game was pretty good. He's tailed off a touch since then. Right now, he's hitting like 250. Um, his OPS is just a 666, but he has stole, he has not stolen a base yet. He's um after his first game was good, he's kind of been held down a little bit. But I'm telling you, this kid's gonna be the real deal. I've got to spend time with him. I've met his father. I really like what I've seen from him. His, he has a great personality. He's ready to handle the moment. He's a very soft-spoken kid. He lives 15 minutes from where they're playing. It's like a dream come true for him in Somerset. It's going to be a holiday for him and his family and friends that go out there. Uh, they open up against the Siri Ewells tomorrow. I'm going to be there, 635. I'm hoping to get an interview with him again. Like This one would be just me and him, though. That's what I'm hoping for before the game. So Volpe is going to be a show. But the guy who's really taking them by storm right now, and I got to speak with him too. There's two guys, actually. I actually have to talk to both of them. But Elijah Dunham is really turning heads again. Like, he's really starting to progress through the system. He has one homer and four ribbies right now. He had another big hit yesterday. His um, early season OPS is like 1,246. He's was This is his first time in double A. He played in low A and high A. He's the 27th-ranked prospect. He was an Arizona Fall League all-star. He is someone you need to pay attention to. He can end up playing in AAA even because he's not that young, so he can end up getting there. I think Josh Barrow, the catcher, is very underrated. I've always liked this guy. I've got to talk to him once after a game last year. He has two homers and six RBIs already. I've seen this guy hit bombs. This guy has, like, tape measure power. He's a big kid, too. Me and John saw him hit one over the center field facing in Tampa in the, in the spring training complex. He was a Rule 5 guy, so we were wondering who we were going to lose him. And, you know, the Yankees' catching depth is very thin in the system, so he has a – not this year, obviously. But I think if he ends up staying with them, he has a chance to end up eventually maybe getting up to the top. Well, that, that, would, be, that would be interesting. I mean, it makes sense what you're saying about the catching depth because otherwise you wouldn't trade for Trevino or, yeah, you know, bad. obviously make it's the bad. trade for – um, what's the kid that we got from Minnesota? Rover. Um, Rover. Robert, Robert, yeah, yeah that hopefully yeah. that's how I say it. Because he he'd be coming back soon. I think he's gonna start working. I mean, Antonio Gomez and Austin Wells are good too, but they're way lower. You have Tampa and Hudson Valley, so they're a ways away still. Um, especially Wells defensively. I know his back can play up. I've heard great things about Antonio Gomez, man. I he's seems to be the real deal, you know. Yeah, I know that John really likes him. He's definitely talked about him before. I think he's got a lot of good tools to succeed. It's just he's in Tampa, so we got to see how he goes through that progression, works his way up. I know that he has high expectations, though. 
Um, but I'm looking forward to see how that situation evolves itself. Also with the double A, Ken Waldachuk was lights out again. He started the season on fire. Um, I'm a big fan of his, obviously. I've done a lot of work with him. He should have five innings, five shutout innings on Saturday. He had seven strikeouts. Great start for him. Luis Medina had a rough go, but he only went like an inning and, a, and two thirds. He didn't really have it. I think he gave up like four runs or something. His control was a little bit erratic, but um I really think that he can end up being okay. But I like Waldachuk better than him, honestly. I think Medina's too raw. Waldachuk seems more composed with his stuff, and he seems like he's gotten himself on a cleaner path to being called up. He is our top-ranked pitching prospect, too. Waldachuk is now our best pitching prospect. As a lefty, too, his stuff slides out. Medina um, opened some eyes this, this winter, man, in the winter uh, Dominican League. So, I mean... I got to admit, I was one of the ones that that watched his his games where he pitched um, and I liked what I saw. But I'm not surprised that that, you know, like you say, now he looks wrong that that he's back over to the States because you'd have to think that, you know, the level of players that he's up against here as opposed to the Dominican Winter League is is a lot better. So, I mean, I'm. I'm not I'm not shocked by that at all. I'm hoping for big things from Medina because he seems like he has really good stuff. Like he seems to have electric stuff coming from his arm. Yeah, I did make I, one I mistake like him though. And Hill, you know, I like him and Luis Hill a lot. He didn't give up four runs. He walked four guys, so and he ended up giving up one run, but it wasn't a clean outing. So mm-hmm. I, I made the mistake with the runs. I felt like that was yeah. high once I said I was like, wait, not four. But he had four walks, so that's not good either. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like him and Luis Hill a lot. I um, Both of them seem to have really electric stuff. Waldachuk, uh, I've heard great things, but I'll, I admit I haven't seen much of him to comment. Oh, you will. So I'll make sure wanna... you do. Don't yeah. worry. So I don't want to. <laughs> so I don't want to comment on on somebody I haven't seen as much as as say Hill or Medina. Um, but I've heard great things, man. And if he's our top pitching prospect, and you know, like you say, he's he's impressing. You know, who knows? Maybe he might get a shot down the line. You know what I'm saying? What about? Uh, I know he's not down at Somerset, but you want to talk pitching prospects? Um. My partner that that recorded the last episode with me made an early season prediction that we could see Davy up again. What do you think of that? You don't think that? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm gonna check his stuff. Someone told me he okay, so I actually do have someone that went to watch Davy pitch, so I have a little perspective here. Um, he's better than the numbers indicated the other night, I will say. I'm trying to look at the line. I know it wasn't outstanding, but I know there was a few errors made for him. Apparently, it was like three errors made for him or like plays that maybe were like so-so, but um, they didn't end up going his way. But I think, I don't know, because the way I view it is that Luis Hill and um, Clark Schmidt are ahead of him in the pecking order, I would say. I think he's like the eighth option right now. And then you have Domingo Herman coming back too. So I don't know if we're going to see him. And I even would say... The path that Waldachuk's on and Hayden Wesneski's on, and I like Hayden too, and I'll touch on him soon. He also have five shutout for triple A. He's up a triple A now. The only thing is Waldachuk and Hayden aren't on a 40 yet. That's one obstacle they both have. Mm-hmm. But I would not be surprised if they get added this year. They're both that good. I really think so. I'm not sure where this puts where that puts Garcia, though, to be honest with you. Okay. 
Okay, I was just asking because, uh, like I said, he was mentioned in a previous episode. Um, Julian, uh, we're we seem to be running out of time, man. So let's let's get right to our next topic, which is our prediction and preview for for the next series the Yankees have, which is against the Toronto Blue Jays the aforementioned Toronto Blue Jays that both me and you agreed could be the Yankees uh, ALCS opponents this year if they make it, which that's the expectation, you know what I'm saying, ALCS and then World Series because like the like the preview hype video said, there's no more excuses, there's no more moral victories. What's your thoughts on this first matchup against Toronto? Um, they're two and three, just like us. Uh, they've scored 20 runs so far in their first three games. They scored 10 in their first, which let me tell you, in that first game, they were down seven nothing in the fourth and scored 10 runs to win 10 to eight. And like I said, 20 runs in the first three games. They've also given up 23 total runs, so they can get hit. Like their pitching is not elite by any means, and they can get rocked. So what are you thinking about this Toronto series, man? Could we see some shootouts? Yeah, I think we could. Although you made good points about their pitching. I like both sides the angle you had. You you gave both sides the coin. How they were up big and blew it yesterday. And then they were down big and they came back. Um, they could do both. That's the thing. This Blue Jays bullpen besides Jordan Romano is extremely questionable. I think that's very fair to say. And honestly, they could be had, like you said. They really could be. I think they can. They're definitely beatable. I think you're going to see some slugfests. You haven't seen a lot of high scoring yet, really. I think that you could end up seeing that situation in this in this series. Now, when it comes to tonight, I'm not like I'm not loving our matchup tonight because Alec Manoa has good numbers against the Yankees. I know, and he's a very raw product. He pitched last year for the first time, but. I don't ever remember him not doing well against us. I'm trying to look at his splits. I know last year on the season, he was very good, though. He had an ERA of like 3-2. His war was close to 3. He had 127 strikeouts in 111 innings. I think Tyone against the Blue Jays was a little up and down. I know one start I saw Tyone get rocked by the Blue Jays. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like you said, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how how Tyone pitches, you know, it's his first start of the year. You know, he showed you a little something last year, um, given that it was his first full season coming back from the Tommy John, he got hurt again at, at the end of the year, but you know, he showed promise. So I'm expecting good things out of him from Toronto, man, to be honest with you, you know, yeah. judging off what we saw last year. Right. And for Manoa, I just figured out he pitched 11 innings against us. His ERA was a 2 3 1, and he had 11 strikeouts. So Manoa had a very good time against us last year. And his, he's the type of stuff, he's the type of guy that gives the Yankees trouble, too. Like that, they don't do well against those types of pitchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a lot of good breaking stuff. His velocity isn't like super high, but it's like enough to get the job done from what, I, from what I'm recalling here. So I think that, um, He's definitely someone to watch. We've got to see what happens. I'm trying to track Tyone. I know last year's ERA was in the mid-fours. He, he did a lot better after the beginning. I know he had a nice stretch from the All-Star break. Like, his first two months were rocky. He settled in nice around June and July. Then he gets injured again. Last year, he chucked around um, – let's see what he chucked. He chucked 
130 innings for us last year, I believe, 144. And he struck out 140. So it was, it was around one per not one per nine, which is good, nine per nine, one every inning, whatever. But um, let me see his splits. I'm trying to check against Toronto. I'm, I'm very curious now to see what he did against them. Well, while you check that, man, um, I will say um, I'm going to go out on, on a limb and say that we should win this series. Um, I would like to see a sweep, obviously, but I could, you know, very well see the Yankees taking three out of four here. I don't see why you wouldn't. At the very yeah. least, you should at least come away with a split. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario, I think. Mm-hmm. You cannot um, lose this series, especially because in the back end of it, you got Cole pitching again. So you should, at the very worst, come away with the split. Right. And, I agree 100% with that. I mean, matches up. You got Kikuchi, Cortez. I like us in that one. You got mm-hmm. Cole versus Barrios. You should like us there. Sevi Gosman's a wild card, though. Mm-hmm. That one, exactly. I don't know. But that's why I say at worst you should come away with a split because yeah, get those the final two, two. I would games, say the two yeah. tomorrow and Wednesday are the ones you really gotta have. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, that that's why I say at the very worst you should have a split because there's no reason you should lose those two games with Sevy and Cole pitching. I I don't think you right. should. Right. So I got Tyone against the Blue Jays. It was not good. A six-two-three ERA, thirteen innings, ten strikeouts. Not not what you want. And I saw one of those starts. It was brutal. Oh, wow. He gave up three home runs, and I saw two of those. So, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's not good at all, man. Um, that's why I'm worried about tonight, just to keep you honest with you. Like, I know it's only a small sample size that things could change, but I feel like Al Pino was better than Tyone. I mean, not to be rude, but I just feel like that's the situation. I mean, I, I don't know if he's better than Tyone overall, man, but he's definitely pitched better against us than Tyone's pitch against yeah, them. Yeah, and the other thing is the Yankees' bullpen is a big advantage, though. That is a mm-hmm. huge advantage mm-hmm. they'll have in the series. So just like we saw against Boston, that could be a big difference maker. But keeping these hitters down, Springer, Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, I mean, they got so many guys. Goriel Jr., you still have Teoscar Hernandez. Like, they come in waves. Like, you don't – it's one through nine. Plantless. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget – don't forget that they added uh, Matt Chapman also. So I knew did. I was forgetting someone. They yeah. got so many so people, and the, Calvin uh, Vigio too, and then yeah. Jansen and um, Alejandro Kirk aren't bad either. They and then they have Tapia now too. And an I know, and I know, I mentioned earlier about Springer. I wasn't sure if he was healthy now because he's been battling injuries uh, lately ever since he left uh, Houston. But no, he's in there. I mean, if he's sure, in right? there, then you got a problem. You know what I'm saying? I'm you got sure. a problem. I'm like, pretty that sure. Lineup yeah, is, he seems good to go. That lineup is yeah. going to be scary. No, he's um, in there, bro. We had a we had a leadoff homer the other day. He's a, he's good to go. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he's see, in there, so it's going to be so a you battle. See, you got a problem. You you definitely got a problem. You, Bo Bichette destroys the Yankees too. He has he does he dominates the Yankees and Vlad Jr. too. I mean, and Teoscar Hernandez seems to have our number too. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, man. And and Vlad, let's not forget Vlad. Vlad, bro. Oh, I know, kid, I ain't forgetting. <laughs> that kid, that kid, every time, just like Stanton, every time he hits the ball, it seems to be at a million miles an hour. Like, he doesn't hit anything soft either. 
Bro, I saw him hit one this weekend by 467. That was ridiculous. The thing jumped out of the ballpark right in the right in the second deck in like that left center area. That that was crazy. Um, he's gonna be a problem. I think I saw him launch one off Tyone too. I know Marcus Simeon hit one off him, but like I'm happy he's gone. I will say that. I feel like that's yeah. a nice offensive switch up for us, thankfully, because Chapman's not Simeon with the bat, but his defense is a lot better. So I think for the Yankees, we need to see the bottom of that lineup step up. Let's see IKA step up. Donaldson when he's in there. Let's see Aaron Hicks get going. Let's wake up Hicks. Um, he can get some monkeys off his back, hopefully. Then Glaber Torres. Let's see what he's up to. I mean, he's only played two games so far. He has that double in the sack fly. I think he's starting to get himself going a touch. Uh, let's see Aaron Judge put some in the seats as well. We know Risen with Stan have been solid, so maybe they'll cool off a touch. And then another big guy, Joey Gallo. I feel like he's coming around. I think you're going to start due. to see some stuff from him soon. He's due. For sure, for sure, he's due. Everything he's hit this season has been hard. It's just been... At people. <laughs> yeah. And the one that he didn't hit at someone, he hit it so hard to the right field wall that he, he got hosed a second, second yeah. base. Yeah. Sitting yeah, duck. I'm, I- I saw that one too. I actually have that clip on my phone, like the, the head and him getting hosed at second base. Like it was so crazy to see that in real time. Cause at first I was like, Oh, it's an easy two. Cause it was hit so far. I'm like, he'll get there. But then I was like, Oh wow. It was hit so hard. And now he's like rounded first. I'm like, Oh shit. Is he going to make it? And I saw it coming. I was like, Oh damn, you gotta be kidding me. Bro. And Joey, Joey is not by any means a, a slow runner bro he, yeah he can, that's what i'm saying that's why i thought he, he would get there like, he's got some decent speed i so, think so the fact that he got thrown out gives you an idea of how hard that ball was hit it was like what was it 113 115 something like that it was ropes i know he's hit some outs like 112 plus two like just he'll get there i think he will he's just gonna start just put him in the seats that's how i don't get him <laughs> just put that he's he'll he'll get it going yeah man listen <laughs> What's uh Dylan Lawson's uh strategy or or his philosophy? It's hit strikes, it strikes hard, hard, I believe. Right, exactly. Yeah, Joey Gallo is doing that. So yes, that's a lot. The approaches do look better, despite what we saw yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was not a good day, but you are seeing hard contact mm-hmm. resulting outs, which is okay. I mean, it happens. Exactly, and that's and that was gonna be my point. That at the end of the day, as long as you're doing that. As long as everything you're hitting is hard contact, the hits will come. I'm not concerned about that. I love the fact that everything, especially with Joey, like I said, everything he's hitting is getting hit hard. So eventually those hard balls are going to turn into hits. They're going to turn into home runs. You know, maybe not all of them are going to get fielded. I feel like he's due for one of those to go by somebody or get hit so hard that maybe the fielder doesn't make a clean play on it like come on man not for nothing but that very ball we're talking about if the right fielder doesn't play that cleanly he's in there safe without a question at second base if he even misjudges that or takes a second longer to field that he's safe so i think that was bradley and right right because Bradley's so. good out there still. He will, so. he makes yes. those plays. Yes. I mean, I can't say I'm, Bradley's a beast out there still. He can't hit but for anything, agree? but he can still feel. But do you agree that if 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 he wouldn't have fielded it as cleanly as he would have, Joey would have yeah. been safe? It was a perfect situation. It was a it was a hard hit, good throw, and everything. Like, yep, yeah, he knows how to do, get it done. But 
I think Gallo is going to be okay. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyone and Nestor have, like I said. Um, I want to see what J.P. Sears has. We haven't seen him yet. Um, Chad Green's look pretty solid, too. He looks like he's been, he's been good this year. And another factor we need to talk about when he struggled against Toronto, and this might this will be one of the last things we do, how about Michael King? What a performance he had against Boston on opening day. And I think yeah. if he can get it yeah. going against Toronto, that'd be huge. He's a wild card, man. He's a wild card because if he's on, then you have a guy that could give you length out of the bullpen, and that's huge. I feel like guys like him and Clark Schmidt are huge because they could give you length out of the bullpen if, say, what's been happening lately with our starters not being able to go five, they could give you that length or they could spot start. So when you have a Michael King pitching the way he did, man, that's huge. I agree with you 1,000% because you could throw him in there for two, three innings. Yeah. Especially if, you. you know, you Boone looks at his list and he says, well, uh, Clay Holmes not available today. Um, you know, Johnny Loisica not available today. Um, you know, if, if he looks and he has a bunch of guys scratched off because they pitched the night before, or they pitched two days in the last three, whatever you can, if you can get that length from King, that's huge. Especially if he pitches the way he pitched against Boston. I completely agree with you. That's a hundred percent true, bro. I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, the bullpen's in a great place. I really like it. I think we covered everything pretty well. I'm not sure if we're missing anything at this point. There's one prospect I'd like to talk about quickly, then we can get going. Go ahead, man. The floor so, is yours. Another guy who pitched well was Randy Vasquez. He pitched pretty well. I think he's someone worth watching in the double A system. He's got an electric arm. Uh, there's also Brito, Johnny Brito's a good pitcher down there. And then a far prospect to watch for, I think you know him well, uh, he goes under the radar a little bit, but he's a little bit older too. Brandon Lockridge, he's been doing solid. I got to speak with him. I'm hoping yeah. to talk to him again on Tuesday because he's a very nice interview too. He's very well spoken. Like he'll give you a lot of information. Uh, he's very talkative and he's in, and he's definitely enthusiastic about what's going on. So I always appreciate talking to him, and he's been off to a good start too. He has um he has a 250 average and his um his OPS is under 800, but he'll get it going a little more. He does have two doubles, but He's a veteran down there now. He's he's starting to figure it out. And we'll see if he gets to call up the triple A this year. He follows our podcast, Brendan Lockridge does. So we we definitely appreciate Brendan Lockridge on this podcast, man, for sure. Um yeah, man. Uh I've I've heard his interviews. He he sounds well spoken. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if he gets the call up too, to be honest with you. He's yeah. Seems he like did a good say something noteworthy. He says good things for him. Yeah, he's put the work in. Uh, he said he was living in Tampa. He was trying to find some, some base running. Him and Elijah Dunham are very close, too. So those two going up together would be cool to see. Uh, Lockridge is very, really good, though. He's got all facets of his game handled pretty well. And I think it's going to be another fun year for him. I think he's going to be a spark plug towards the top of that lineup, too. Um, it's going to be really fun to see what happens with him. I had one more fact on him, I think. I'm trying to remember what it was really quick. Oh, here we go. He said it was playoffs or bust. He said they're all in that playoffs or bust mindset. Like the Patriots just missed the playoffs last year. Like, that team should be a playoff team. They have so much talent. They really do. They really do, man. They're stacked. I've seen I've seen the Somerset Patriots roster. They're stacked from, from top to bottom, so yeah. there's no reason they shouldn't. Exactly, bro. They have it all set up, and they're pitching. They got good hitting, and I do want to shout out the Tarbins because it was Rachel Balkovich's first 
real game. That was an historic moment uh, for the female manager. I know John was down there. He got some cool pictures and clips. I know I know Tyrone Uli pitched pretty well from what I saw, too. And I know he loves Uli, and he's a good pitcher in our system. Uh, we got Dominguez down there, obviously. I'm really interested in Alexander Vargas as well. I want to see what he has going on. Fellow Cuban, Alexander Vargas, man. I, I wanted to ask, because I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, man. Um, what what are your impressions? I mean, if you have any, obviously, because I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. And I'm sure our listeners want to know, what do you think of Dominguez so far, you know, at the start of the season? Well, I think that I thought he would be further along at this point to where he is now, but he's still only like 19 or 20. So you got to give him some more time to fully develop. I mean, he obviously had to start with the Tarpons. He wasn't going to go to Hudson. I want to see if he gets to Hudson this year. That'd be good if he makes it there for the end of the year. But um, we're going to have to see what happens with him. I know uh, well, from what I've seen, his defense definitely looks pretty solid. His uh, his speed is, looks like he's faster. He's more lean than he was last year. I know John was saying that, too. I did see him steal a few bags. I've seen him take a few hacks. I didn't see any bombs personally, unfortunately. I wish I did. But I didn't get to see any bombs from him. But I know that it's coming. He's, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. he's a very exciting player. You know, you know, it's 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 inevitable with him, man. And and I know you touched on him earlier, but but I don't think you got to talk at length. Uh, what what are you thinking about uh, Volpe so far? Do you like what you see from him so far? Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Volpe. Volpe's a five tool player. I've seen him swipe some bags in the practice. Uh, he's had some opposite field homers. He's got power. The kid has a great presence around him, too. Everyone rallies around him. Uh, he's a he's a leader on the team. He's come up with a lot of the guys. I know he's very close to Max Burt, too. It's someone else that we should be paying attention to. Um, he just loves playing baseball. He's all about baseball. He doesn't do anything fancy. Like, he's not a flashy social media guy. I know, like, I think they want to try to get him a little better with social media because it'd be good for him to market himself, but he's not really that into that. He's all about baseball, really. He doesn't really, I haven't really heard about many of his other hobbies. Like, he just likes baseball. Um, Dominguez had two hits the other night, though, so I'm seeing that also. But um, Volpe is, I will say this about his timeline and what I expect. I'll give you a full rundown of what I think. I could see him getting called up to AAA by, like, the end of the year, maybe. Maybe around, like, the August, September range if things are going well. If he's absolutely killing it, maybe, like, June or July. Like, if he's just so good, they can't keep him down. But it also depends on what Peraza does, too. Because if Peraza goes, then they can bring him up. But if Peraza's there, Volpe stays. That's actually a perfect segue because I was about to ask you before we close out our show. And I, I know you want to get going so we could close out after this if you'd like. Um I was going to ask you about Oswald Peraza and Oswaldo Cabrera, man. Two, two good kids. I, I actually had the, the honor and pleasure of knowing them both in spring training. They both signed baseballs for my kid. I know that picture nice. went viral on Yankees Twitter. Like everybody and their mother was liking it and retweeting it. So I thank you all for that. My son appreciates it too. Um, I got to say, man, seeing them both out there taking batting practice, taking fielding practice, they both look good, especially Peraza, like you said. He he looks like a special talent. Do you think we could see him? 
Yeah, I brought up Oswald before. I was saying I think you could see him in May potentially if things continue to go well or maybe even June or something. I think you have a good shot putting him on the roster because you didn't trade him, so he's here. So let's see what he has. I mean, you're going to have a challenge at shortstop potentially. Maybe he could be part of the solution. Uh, you've saw the fields and I've seen the fields and he's a major league defender. Even Cashman said that he's a major league defender. He's got major league speed. It's just a question. Can he hit major league pitching? We're going to find out soon. Hopefully he does have two stolen bases already as a homer and two ribbies. And Oswaldo, I thought could have made the team. If we didn't sign Marwin Gonzalez, I think Oswaldo's on the Yankees right now. That I was agree. my prediction before we signed Marwin Gonzalez, that Oswaldo was going to be that utility guy. He's five for 16. He's got two doubles, even a triple in there, three ribbies. He's stolen two bases. He scored four runs. So he's already getting after it. Oswaldo can hit, and he, he's versatile in the field. I think the one thing I'd be interested to see is if they want to try him in the outfield a little bit to see if he could really be that full utility guy, like maybe give him some reps out there because right now he's like third, second short. Like can they expand that to play the outfields also, maybe in the corners? You could, I'd like to see that. Like you could very well see that if, if, if he can prove himself out there too. And, you know, maybe he could be that utility guy that we bring up later on in, you know, September call-ups or maybe, maybe even next year, if he doesn't get the call-up this year, man. So that'd be, that'd be cool to see. As Waldo is knocking on the doorstep, I will say he's mm -hmm. the both 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 Oswald Oswald and Oswald are both right there. I would say another person we're talking about Esteban Floreal. I mean, I'm very bullish on him. Though. I'm not really fully invested. I don't know what to make fully. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence. I want to be in, but I'm not sure he is. But he's off to a good start. He has two homers and four RBIs. He's stolen two bags. He's also five for sixteen. I think his defense seems major league caliber and he could also have run like a major league, obviously if not better, he's really fast, but like, I think it's all about his bat, man. I don't know if that's a major league bat. He might strike out too much for my liking. I know we have a lot of issues with that already, but I will see if he gets his chance. You know, people are already banging for him because of Aaron Hicks, but could he get the call up this year? If he trade bait? I don't know. I mean, maybe, if I had to guess, like if Hicks goes down, let's say, or like something else happens, maybe like a June or July situation. I don't see him being rushed to the big leagues by any means. I mean, he got a call up, if I'm not mistaken, either last year or the year yeah, before. He, he 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 had a cup of coffee with the Yankees. So with with Florial, man, it's just so frustrating because he he's 26 you too. Like we gotta figure it out. Like his age is he's already 26, he's not a yeah. young guy anymore. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I was about to say. That it's that that's what makes it so frustrating with him that he's been in the Yankee system for so long at this point. And he's had flashes where you're like, oh yeah, this kid's a top prospect, but then he gets hurt. Like he's much like Hicks, who people want to <laughs> it's funny how the, the people want him to replace Hicks, but yet he has the same problem Hicks has where he's injury prone. Injuries I, have derailed his career a lot. Even and then when he's been healthy, like you said, sometimes he shows flashes, but then other times he lets you down. He's been very, very, very inconsistent, is what I can say about Esteban Florial. So, like you, man, I'm I find it hard to fully buy in. I met him too that same day that I met Cabrera and and um Oswaldo Cabrera and, and and Oswald Peraza, and he he was a nice kid. Like he seemed like a nice kid. I, I 
I would like to see him succeed, but it's like, man, how long can you be on this back and forth and this go around with with Estevan yeah. Florial? Like, when and are we going to see thing, the real Estevan Florial, Julian? You know what I'm saying? It's got to be this year. I feel we got to figure it out. I mean, he's 26. I mean, you, the outfield depth's a little bit questionable behind Iron Hicks, you could say. I mean, LaCastro is just a pinch runner, and Ciarte has major league experience. So it's not like it's insurmountable guys for Florio to jump over in theory. Like, it's not like he's going up against a Brett Gardner who they're stuck on and they won't move him no matter what because he's a veteran. Like, now there's more leeway for Florio to get that chance. So if he continues to do what he's doing now and Hicks really doesn't play well, then you can have a conversation maybe about seeing what could happen, at least put him on, on that bench once you expand the bench to four players potentially. So I'd love to see him do it too. I'm just not, I can't say I'm convinced it's going to happen though. I definitely can't. Yeah, man. I mean, he's never given you, like I said, he's never given you any hope or any indication that it, that it will, you know? So, I mean, we'll see. And then, yeah, I'll say one more thing. I mean, I want to talk about Hudson too. I mean, I know Sweeney had a homer. He's really good too. Another shortstop. Our shortstop depth ridiculous. Like, I don't know how we're going to keep all these guys. We're not. Someone's going to end up getting moved. But Everson Pereira is also someone to watch for down there too. He's one of our top prospects. Really good center fielder. I want to see if he can get up to Somerset because that'd be awesome to see. And I guess Sweeney could get the call up too, maybe once they move Volpe up. I guess that's always possible. So I think it's going to be a lot of juggling through a system. There's one big factor, though, I know you know this. Now that there's only five options for the year, you're going to see less of that juggling, which I'm actually very happy about. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to see all that juggling. Like, I think that's annoying. Like, Albert Abreu got moved up and down so oh many times, God, only to end up getting ultimately moved. That, I don't even know how he even had an option left. That's why he had no options left, because they did it all last year. Down, up, down, up, down, up. Like, just make a decision and keep him there. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, the poor guy. I fell for him. You imagine yeah, me too. That many times because I actually got to meet him. Like I met him, Gil Peraza, and uh, Ezekiel Duran before he got dealt. This was last year, spring training, twenty twenty. But um, it's yeah, it was just crazy. Like I just wanted to see some consistency. Last year at Louis Hill, like why are we calling him down about Andrew Heaney start games? Like that made no sense either. Like like oh God, man. don't remind me about Andrew Heaney, bro. Uh, no, that's a name gone, I never want to hear again. <laughs> I know he cost us the wild card game B at home, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. I understand, bro, but I'm so excited for the system. Tomorrow's opening day at Somerset. I'm gonna see what I can get for everyone. We'll have some good content out there. I'm gonna be writing about it too, probably. I'll get some clips of at bats and all that. And I'm really excited, man. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, man. I'm and listen, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it, bro. You always put out great content. Thank you. Uh, you know, you're a great follow on Yankees Twitter. By the way, if you don't follow this man, which I don't know how you wouldn't at this point, because almost everybody in Yankees Twitter knows him. But if you don't, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who this man is, give him a follow at Julian Guillarte one on Twitter. Give me a follow if you don't already. If you don't, shame on you. <laughs> at Elijah's dad, NYY. And obviously give the Hot Esquina a follow, uh, a follow on Twitter, at Hot Esquina. Um, Julian, do you have anything more you want to add or do you want to call it, man? 
Yeah, so I'll say two things quickly. Um, I'm working on my podcast out in the field still. Everyone can check that out. That's also on Twitter as well. I think it might be out in the field one on the tag. But if you search out in the field, it'll come up. So I'm doing that. Um, that might not be till later in the week since the Florida trip. Also, I will speak to you about that when we go off the air. Uh, that's, so we can try to plan that one out. And um, the last thing I'll say is I am writing for the IBWAA. I'm going to have another thing on Wall of Chuck if anyone wants to check that out. Like I kind of put it out on my Patreon. Oh, I do have a Patreon. Everyone check out my Patreon. That would be that would be very nice. I have some minor league stuff on there, articles, secret podcasts, and some videos. So that would be really nice when he wants to do that uh just trying to give everyone a different look behind the scenes not like all the stuff i post on social media there you go man there you go um yeah everybody make sure to check that out for sure uh check out all of julian stuff like i said he does nothing but great content um a must follow on yankees twitter uh his interviews are good his articles are good um definitely check them out um, so, okay, so I think we're going to call it here um, for Julian and myself. Um, thank you for listening. Be sure to give the Hot Esquina podcast a five-star review. Um, give it a rating, too, if you listen on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. And um, be sure to be on the lookout for a future episode. Um, for Julian and myself, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Friday, um, most likely, with more baseball content, no matter what. Um, thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, hope I did a good job filling in for John, uh, doing the best I can. I hope everything's good with him and his dad as well. I want to reiterate that one. But um this was a fun one. Maybe we'll get to do some stuff in the future. Maybe I'll have you on mine one time or something and we'll get things cooking. I'm, I thought it was pretty good for the first time. Yeah, man. I thought it was awesome. Thank you for hopping on with me, Julian. I appreciate it, man. Of course. So it's love talking Yankees ball and we'll be in touch. Yes, sir. All right. So for me and Julian, thank you for hopping on and thank you for listening, everybody. Take care. <laughs>